I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broken Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. And this is Felina. Yay, Felina's back. I'm so happy. <laughs> back for one day only. Yes, because we also have another announcement. This is the final episode of the Broken Broken Project. Aww. I know. But I'm proud of us for doing it for over a year. I am. Yeah. This is going to be sixty episode 66. Wow. So and I know I ducked out the last few episodes. I had just crazy life ha- things happening, which I will share here in a few. Uh, but it has been an honor to do this <laughs> with Summer. And when you asked me to do this with you last, last summer, it was. Uh, I was like, you crazy. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And then I realized that no one does. No one does. We just do it. <laughs> and I, I think it's been great. We've got a lot of great feedback about, you know, how we have, how some people, listeners have said, you know, they felt heard for the first time and really seen. And and I think it's been great. So I think it's a good a good place to end the project yeah. and send all of our, our broken, broken family out to, you know, do more. Push back against to, shame and stigma. Yes. Make people uncomfortable. Be vulnerable and strong and, yeah, just keep yeah. sharing your story and not being ashamed of everything that you've been through. Exactly. And, I'm, I mean, yeah, like, you know, we've got our, you know, small group of, of followers. And, uh, but I, I mean, that's. It doesn't matter how many people, uh, you know, just if, if one person felt better because of what we did, like that's, you know, that's totally, totally worth, worth it. it. Yep. Yeah. And we met some great people. Absolutely. Great conversations and just, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So. So anyway, but tell them why, Summer. Uh, <laughs> so speaking of being vulnerable, <laughs> I feel like I'm in a very, I'm entering a very vulnerable place. I have decided to run for state legislature uh, in House District 100 in Oklahoma. So that's why the project is closing down because all of my time for the next year is going, uh, year plus actually, until November of next year, is going to be spent campaigning and fundraising and doing all the really awful things that you have to do in order to, <laughs> to, prior to an election. And so that's really labor intensive and I didn't feel like it was fair to make the uh what we were producing here suffer by trying to take yeah. too much time away so well I felt and like i mean we're already like, both so busy you know mm-hmm. that was why i had to take a step back too so nobody blames you and right. and i really 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 hope that you get elected because i know that you will be a voice for people there just like you have been here for people who don't get heard and, uh, you know, care about shit that, you know, we should be caring about right. the actual issues rather than, you know, distracting people with shiny objects, which is <laughs> what I feel like most of politics is. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Look over <laughs> but, here! <laughs> yes, I feel like that happens far too often, and I would like to not yeah. be doing that. Yeah. So. And, uh... It will be interesting when, if people decide to go look for, look you up and, and see what they think when they come across the podcast. Have you thought about that? I have, because that was the first thing I said when they approached me was, uh, I don't think you can get me elected. Because as I have said on the air many times, I don't think I'm electable in the Bible Belt. But they assure me 
that voters are ready for more open, honest people. Personally, I think they have more faith in humans than I do, but we all know I'm a bit jaded. <laughs> so I'm going to step out there and you guys can prove me wrong. <laughs> you know, I've always said, like, if I ran for office, I'm, I was just going to, like, up front be like, listen, I fucked these guys. I did this crazy shit. Which is you know, basically like, what the podcast yeah, is about. It's all out there. Yeah, you can't surprise me with anything yeah, because I've talked about yeah, it's just, <laughs> everything. Yeah. So can we get back to the issues now, though? It's kind of right, the, exactly. you know, and I think it's, I think I'm interested to see what happens because right. I've always thought that was the right approach. I would vote for someone who did that, you know. Same. Um, course i don't know if i'm really a representative of a large portion of the population or not uh <laughs> but i mean that seems to be i mean I, I hope that they're right that people are ready for a more open honest candidate who I hope so. can just go hey th- these are my flaws you already know them can we talk about the issues now right let's talk about what impacts us all and yeah and yeah how yeah. to fix that yeah get your little your little digs in go ahead get it out there get it out your system okay now let's go on right because <laughs> i mean you can judge me all you want for you know the things i do but at the end of the day i understand law and policy and how they work and how they affect people right do you want things to improve or not that's your options yeah hell yeah i'm pumped <laughs> i'm to work on so, your campaign tell me what you need yes. me to do Yes, we. Oh, I will be sending, sending requests soon. Yeah, let's do a fundraiser. I'll, I'll come sing some songs. Oh yes. You get Peggy Johnson to. You remember her? Yes, she had all she those great. great political songs. Yeah. She's fucking badass. Uh, yeah, we'll see about getting some of the ladies from the Ladies Jam That'll to come and do a fundraiser for you. That'll be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, but everybody can. Uh, we'll update you guys on our lives, and then. Uh, even though the podcast is closing, you can still follow us on all the socials and keep up with us because we still want to hear from you all. Yeah. And like, I, I thought about keeping the podcast going. I just, I wouldn't be able to give it the time either. And I mean, Summer behind the scenes is doing all of the legwork. Like she's the one that's editing and put posting and I'm just, you know, I'm like dead weight over here. Oh, no, no, you're not. <laughs> but it is more than a one person job. Yeah, really yeah. No, it really is. Although I really do, I have an idea for a podcast that I really want to. I'm thinking about seeing if I can find someone to help me you do need it. To build your team. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a, a spin off of Dear Abby. Oh. Only last night it turned into uh, Dear Jezebel. Nice. <laughs> And I have a, a lovely dear friend who has an alter ego that she calls Jezebel. And she gives the greatest advice. Hey, I love it. <laughs> I love it. So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, oh, only time will tell what creative project will happen next. Um, I guess I could come and talk about my so life. Tell us yeah. what's been happening while you've been on sabbatical. Yeah, yeah, I've been on sabbatical from the podcast because I've had just crazy ass shit happening. Um, I had some former friends, uh, you know, try to talk me legally and that's fine. Whatever they needed to do, it was fucking stupid and it's all taken care of now. I got what I wanted, which was the rights to my songs. And that was all I really ever wanted to begin with. So, um, but, uh, then I, so like things hit in threes, you know, financially I had gotten this wonderful, great, thought I had a wonderful, great new job. Turned out to not be so wonderful and great. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, 
the person who had hired me realized that financially, like they couldn't afford what they had promised me. And I think there was a little bit, she was a little paranoid that I was going to take her clients. And, like, it was just, it was very bizarre. Went from, like, one day I was doing a great job to, like, literally three days later going, well, I can't trust you. I can't trust your work. And I'm like, what? You know, it was very, very bizarre. But there were, you know, moments in there where she was saying things about money. And I'm like, okay, like, this is really just, you know, a money issue. So, whatever. Uh, regardless, so I lost that job very abruptly after only being there for a month, and I had left a very secure job for it, and it was very scary. Um, but I've done I've done better than I think I give myself credit for. Um, you know, I was able to I, I had a bunch of gigs booked, and so I've been able to make some money doing that. And I was just very stressed out and somewhat depressed. And even though I all of a sudden had all this time to not be at work, I felt even more overwhelmed uh, because I am a single mother and I didn't have any income coming in. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it was fucking terrifying. And um, I was just very scared. Uh, So I just didn't feel like I could, I just wasn't in the right headspace to be open about what I was going through. I felt like a failure. I felt like a big loser. You know, I'm like, I've been out of law school for seven years and I keep jumping around from job to job and like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Like, this is, you know, this is bullshit. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, I was, I sold myself short in that moment because within two weeks I had three job offers, you know, and I don't think everybody can say that, you know, like that's not always that common. I know people who've looked for years for jobs, you know, and so, and it, you know, life comes full circle, and I am going to go work for a, a couple guys who actually office shared uh, with me at my previous law firm, and were friends of mine, and it never really seemed right to go work directly for them, uh, you know, when I was literally inside the same office uh, working for a different company, um, but, uh, you know, as things have panned out, like, they are awesome, and you know, wanted to offer me a job, especially after finding out that I had lost my job abruptly. And uh, so I'm very excited to, I don't know, I'm like literally going to be in the exact same office (laughs) that I wasn't before, but just working for a different company. So it's really funny. Um, But I'm very excited about it. Like, I think it all has panned out this way for a reason, uh, because I really think that this is going to be a turning point for my career as an attorney. I've always really wanted to be a trial attorney. Mm-hmm. Like I've got the the skill set to get in front of a jury and tell, you know, and, and perform because that's what it is. Oh, it's yeah. a performance. And I feel like I have prepared for that my whole life. I did speech and debate through high school. I am a performer, you know, with my music. And, you know, that's the thing, like just getting up in front of people and not being scared and just doing it. You know, and I haven't had proper mentorship uh, before, and I, I really believe that these guys are going to give that to me, and they're my friends, and they care about seeing me succeed, and, you know, it, I, I'm going to be part of their team, and I'm, like, super pumped about that, because they're, they're good people. They're good guys. Uh, they're progressive, even though they think they're conservative. It's really cute. <laughs> like, they think they're conservative Republicans, but they're actually very progressive, um, and... You know, they don't, 
you know, they're the kind of Republicans who are Republicans because they care about, you know, keeping what they earn and, like, states' rights and stuff. You know, like, as far as social issue go, issues go, like, they couldn't give a shit less. Like, they're like, people should do what they want to do, you know? And I respect that, you know? Mm-hmm. They're not Republicans because of pro-life or anything like that, you know? it's it, And, and I, I think they're, you know, what... I think we've talked about this before, but, like, what a Republican used to be, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not saying either party is perfect by any means but there was a time when the republican party was at least respectable <laughs> you know and what then i mean trump happened. and then trump happened <laughs> but yeah they're not they're not trump republicans i guess is what i'm saying in a very roundabout way <laughs> so i feel good about it <laughs> but uh yeah so th- that's where I'm at, and uh, and even w- with all of this, it's been kind of crazy because I, one of the three job offers I got uh, was impacted by politics. The mm-hmm. offer actually got taken away. Uh, our lovely governor uh, decided to replace all of the, uh, you know, and, and, and fun fact, I guess uh, it did not used to work this way in Oklahoma politics. So now the governor can appoint commissioners to all of the state agencies. Uh. And it, it used to be uh, a position that was chosen by a board, mm-hmm. right? But now, whenever you elect a governor, listeners, listen to this, know that they're going to just put their friends in positions that manage the state's departments. Mm-hmm. And Which so, is why so many people were opposed to that change, because yeah. it was very predictable. And so now people are being appointed who have no... No, knowledge or experience in that area. It's just a good old boy. Which I could have told you was a terrible idea because that's what happens in my nation all the time. Right. And yeah, you're like been there, done that. Yeah, I'm like this is terrible. It mm-hmm. produces awful results. But sure, go ahead, try it, see what happens. And that's yeah. where we are. Yeah, and it totally impacted me directly. Like I got this job offer, and luckily I'd taken this job with with the guys I'm about to go work with, but. Um, they uh, offered me the job and then like over Labor Day weekend like the governor made all these changes fired the general counsel who had hired me and it was just like a crazy turnover Um, and then like all of a sudden they were on a hiring freeze and there was no job there anymore and like I had Mm -hmm. already been given like my offer letter and everything like it was just crazy Mm -hmm. so so basically politics affects everything yeah yeah I'm a victim of of, uh, Oklahoma politics. <laughs> We're all a victim of We're Oklahoma politics. We're all a victim of Oklahoma <laughs> politics. It's true. You, whether you realize it or not, uh, Oklahoma politics is affecting you some way in your life. I'm, I'm sure of it. So, anyway, so now I've got a, a new job. It doesn't start till October 1st. So, so vacation. I'm presently on an extended sabbatical, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I do have fun stuff in the works. I'm, I'm flying to L.A. next Saturday. Exciting. Um, a friend of mine who I had kind of dated before, uh, he has a recording studio there, and he's a musician also. Uh, he uh, kind of helped me through uh, some, the legal bullshit I mentioned earlier, and we reconnected, and uh, you know he knew I was down on my luck, and he was like, I'm flying you to L.A. Nice. And I was like, you can't. That's too much. You can't. This does not feel right. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I was like, 
Let the man do it. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okie dokie. Take his money, Felina. (laughs) It was really his his frequent flyer points. But yeah. (laughs) But it's really actually very, very sweet. And like, I I was kind of like, well, you know what? Like, I've had some bad shit happen. Like, this is good shit. Mm -hmm. Like, life has a way of balancing itself out, you know? So for, I, I don't know. I was kind of a mess when I first lost my job, to be honest. Like, I was upset and in a hole. And now I feel like I'm starting over, and it feels really good. It's like I've had this long, extended palate cleanse, you know? And, like, I'm ready to go back to work. Like, there's a part of my brain that really needs to be scratched. Like, mm-hmm. that itch isn't being right. touched right now. And I, because I genuinely enjoy being an attorney. Like, I enjoy... I knew there was Research something wrong with you. and writing. <laughs> I know. It's I an know. illness, guys. I know. I enjoy it. I enjoy going to work and, uh, you know, getting digging into the minutiae, like, details of a mm-hmm. case and finding that one puzzle piece that I can, you know, fit in a certain way to piece together a brief and win an argument. Right. Like, I love that Which it shit. really is like a puzzle. It like, is. You have to find it all and mm-hmm. make it all fit together, and mm-hmm. then it's amazing if you can do yeah, that. Yeah, and I feel like the creative, like, you know, I've been told, and I, and I see this now, that, like, my creative side really helps in that regard. Because oh, yeah. I can see things, like, from a fresh perspective. You know, and some of the attorneys that I've worked for before that were older generation if you will not to be ageist it's just i think in any profession like doctors even you know like this is just the way you do things you're in this routine and this is how it's done and this is the medicine you prescribe and this is the argument that you make Mm -hmm. um i'm pumped to work for some people who are not you know so stuck in their ways that like if i present something that's kind of radical or out there or different than how they would handle it, they will at least consider it and go, you know what? Yeah, like maybe that's what we should do. That's important. Yeah, because I've, I've felt like just I've been inside a box for so long and I'm ready to be let out of the box, you know? Because <laughs> I think I live outside the box. I think outside right. the box. And like when I'm at work, I have to go inside the box. And I don't want to live there anymore when I'm at work. It's a miserable It's a miserable place, place to be. So. Yeah. It's good. I'm excited for you with your new... Adventure, and you've been playing a lot more gigs lately. I have, but thank God I had a bunch booked because I made enough money to like cover my mortgage. So nice. Yeah, thank God. Uh, I was gonna say something else, but Do-do-do. can't remember. <laughs> Wonder why. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, well, tell me, tell me. I haven't seen you. Summer and I have, you've been co-hosting, what's been happening? I have, <laughs> well, I, um, Carmen was nice enough to help me out for a few episodes, which was great because we got to, um, put a few, she's in Tulsa, so, mm-hmm. so I went out to Tulsa and we did, um, let's see, an episode that's already aired, I think, and then, um, the last two that'll go before this, um. Where she, we actually highlighted a um, missing Cherokee woman, oh, and wow. talked to her family um, oh, wow. about her to kind of help raise awareness um, because Cherokee National Holiday just passed on uh, Labor Day, and the nation 
made no mention of her, nothing, nothing to raise awareness, nothing at all, why? which I feel like is their responsibility. That's um, bizarre. I don't know why, but I mean, there's, which this is the same person I, I talked before when I went, I did, went on one of the ground searches. It's the same, it's the same case. There's still no, no new information, no nothing. And so we're just trying to make sure people don't forget. And I mean, somebody out there knows something, you know, and. Um, also trying to raise money to um, create an award, a reward, <laughs> sorry, wrong word, <laughs> reward um, to, you know, try to help motivate whoever it is out there who knows something to... To share that information. Yeah, to share that information. Forward. Because her family, you know, she needs to be brought back to her family. And so... How old is this missing person? 25. Wow. Yeah, so... And she was just taken? Um, she disappeared. Um, she was supposedly um, last seen March 9th. Supposedly she went to leave her mom, uh, the house that she lived in with her mom and her mom's um, partner. And I think there were some other family members that lived there, but they're the, I, as far as I understand, the only ones who say they were there with her that night. She went to leave about three or so early in the morning um and supposedly without her purse or anything uh-huh and they said she said she was going to meet people but didn't say who and just disappeared her phone was last pinged um a few hundred yards from the house and there's been no sign of her sex has anybody questioned these people I've watched way too much Mind Hunters and shit lately. Oh, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. Um, there's been things along the way where supposedly at one point the mother said that her man admitted to during a fight said that he killed her, but then she retracted that later. So okie dokie, really, and no one is pursuing. Nobody anything. really knows, um, but. The bottom line is law enforcement in the area say she lived, quote, a um, high-risk lifestyle, so they won't even list her as a missing person. They're, they're considering her voluntarily missing, and so that means there's, you know, law enforcement resources that can't be tapped into. They won't organize or pay for any searches or anything of that nature. So everything, all the ground searches, if the so awareness has that? all been done by the family. How do we change that to where it is a actual, I mean, is there something legally that can be done? Um, I mean, legally there's no requirement. I mean, that's up to each law, you know, law enforcement department to make those calls. So unless we... Um, We're mistake. Yeah, I mean, really public pressure. Um, unless there's actually, you know, policy formulated to where we, you know, they no longer have the discretion to say, you know, they're a high risk lifestyle, mm -hmm. which I mean, I, um, as Carmen pointed out, I feel like all the factors that consider a high risk lifestyle should actually make you a high priority case to search for, right? Mm -hmm. um, literally, the one of the sheriff's deputies said, said because her aunt was pushing you know what, what do you mean why is it a high-risk lifestyle well she had over 500 Facebook friends that are male so what 
existing near men makes us a high risk. What? Apparently. I have 2,000 friends on Facebook. I'm sure at least 1,000 of them are men. That's what I said. I'm like, between my Facebook uh, friends, my Twitter followers, there's hundreds of men there. That doesn't mean anything. That's bizarre. I know, but apparently it was... a lack of understanding of how the fucking world works, man. Yes. Oh my God. Exactly. And so... And there's... And... There has been question about whether the fact that she's trans plays into that. They've been very careful to say, no, it's not that, which always makes me wonder, so it's that, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, Is the whatever. fact that she's trans, uh, is that part of their definition for a high-risk lifestyle? She, the aunt asked that specifically, and they said no, whether mm-hmm. that's true or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. She <laughs> my, no. my, right. My my assumption is yes, probably. But uh, yeah, that's fucked up. That's so fucked. Up. Well, I'm glad. Sad. And we're like kind of reiterating what I'm sure we talked about with Carmen. But I mean, I think it's no, go ahead. just. I I'm just glad that you uh, had the opportunity to have some interesting co-hosts and and talk about some interesting things that really matter. Oh, man, that sucks. It does, so, and I've got a, um, well, it'll happen before this airs, but I'll be speaking at, um, it's an annual event called The Walk to Remember, um, held in Lawton for Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. I saw that. You should come out. Yeah, maybe I should. You should come out, and I'll be speaking. I have no idea what I'm going to say yet. Cool. Because there's just so much that can be said, (laughs) so I've got to streamline my thoughts. September 17th in Lawton at 6 p.m. So that'll be to raise awareness for missing and murdered Indigenous women. And then one of the, and then the uh, organizer who sets that up, I'm trying, I'm trying to work with her to find a way to create some sort of public memorial setting to, so that people who are missing their families or you know because it you know when when you lose someone you know someone dies usually there's you know some place that you can go right yeah, you know sure. whether you bury them or you know some people yeah. have the ashes and earth but there's you know some sort of physical place that you can go well when your loved one is missing there's not right yeah. and so it would kind of hopefully be some sort of public setting where people can go and you know know that it, this is dedicated to you know people in a similar situation and can have a physical place if if they need that sort of physical manifestation to um, to do that. So we're working on trying to find a place to to put that. That'll be you know sort of centrally located at least for Oklahoma. So we just started discussing that a few days ago so hopefully that'll come together and we can get that done yeah god i'm just like sitting here thinking about what you said because you know almost everybody's lost someone Mm -hmm. you know absolutely and when you think about you know that's such a relatable thing and we should talk about it when you are at the thing i mean just imagine not have you know think about who you lost that you love think about you know, the opportunity to say goodbye and have that closure and like think about not being able to do that Absolutely. and just not knowing, you know, what happened to this person, you know, and, and 
it's so concerned for their suffering because if they're still alive mm-hmm. like you almost wish people would be dead just to know that they were safe you know like they're not suffering anymore right, I mean? right because all the other po- possibilities, all the other possibilities you can imagine are, are awful and yeah so it's, it's that horrible conflict like on, on the one hand you don't want them to be gone sure but, but if the, they're not, oh my God, what are what they going horror through? Are they going through right yeah. now? Yeah, like, and that's why it's torture for the families yes. wondering what's happened to their loved one mm-hmm. that's just out there. These, I'm sure, these daughters and uh, mothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? oh my God, that breaks my heart. Oh, I we need. There's so many things wrong with this world. I can't even <laughs> pick all the things I'd love to fix and do. <laughs> right. I'm glad that you are doing stuff. You're such a, you are someone to look up to when it comes to social advocacy, for sure. Like you, mm-hmm. are always trying to help. And Thank you. Do it's something just, that matters. There's just so. You spend your so energy doing it, and it's you so, can't get to them all. But it, it's, it's amazing to me. Like you, I guess I can say whatever I want. So I want you to say whatever you want. <laughs> but no, I mean that's one of the great things about you um, that I you don't see very often in people i don't it's not even in me you know i wish i could say that i uh cared as much and and did as i think i do care but like actively Mm -hmm. did as much for others and for causes and for things that we should all be concerned about and fighting for Uh, you spend so much energy of your life doing that serving others already so you're perfect for office i really hope you get it (laughs) So what for me? Well, but seriously, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm gonna make Felita my campaign manager. <laughs> let me write you some speeches, girl. I got you. Uh, <laughs> I could be your hype girl. Yes. <laughs> but it's all true. Like you already, and, and that is what you want in a civil servant is someone who dedicates their time to others, to giving, because it's a selfless. If you're doing it right, it's a you know selfless act. You know, you're you're gonna mm-hmm. not sleep, and you're gonna and a have live your... in a perpetual state of frustration. Yeah, <laughs> and like constantly caring that much yeah. is exhausting. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of us have to turn it off. You've got a high tolerance for caring and, and giving. I kudos, man. <laughs> you think you know you always said preachher's kid conditioning. Yeah, you're just, it's you it's, don't feel right if you're not carrying all of the weight of the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it, you've turned it into something positive and good. It's it's okay. it's admirable for sure. No, I will. I want to introduce you. That's what I want to do. Nice. We'll have to make this happen because we are going to have to have some fundraisers. So yeah, well, if there's something I can do, like I said, I will. I'll get up and talk to people and tell them how wonderful you are all day long. Oh, good, because I'm terrible at telling people how wonderful I am. Nope, I'll, I am. I'm, I'm a girl. <laughs> oh, so, what's next for you? New job, and you are you going to keep playing? Yeah, more games. Yeah, yeah. Good. So everybody needs to follow you. Yeah, Felina in the fields. Um, I've been playing mostly with my friend Celia Monroe and Sarah Reed. I've been seeing the pictures. And, uh, I've been I'm sad I haven't made the shows. Oh, it's fine. It's just it's been great playing with a couple of really awesome ladies. Very talented. They're more talented than me. Like they've got, you know, uh, this great like knowledge of music theory that I don't have. I play by ear. Right. You know, but they're patient with me, and 
you know, it's just great. That's like, nice. it's been a great fit, and we play their songs, too. I'm learning from Monica. I play a Monica at their songs. Oh, nice. So, yeah. yeah I've been missing so <laughs> I have much. A, blue, a set of 12, like, blues harmonicas, and I've been oh, learning how so to play cool. them. Yeah. When do you guys play next? Um, next Wednesday. Okay. September 18th at the Red Brick Bar is, like, a, a kind of a mini ladies jam. Okay, I'll have to see if I can do A lot of the women who were here for the podcast episodes we did will be playing then. Awesome. I'm going to try to make it. I know there was a show I was going to come, I had planned to come to, and I fucked up my knee, and I was in pain, and I'm like, I can't go. Now I'm feeling sorry for myself. Uh, I was like, I can't go to the show, and I want to. (laughs) I spent two weeks in knee braces because I'm old and falling apart. And And we all are, one way or another. I yeah, know. yeah, and then I finally got out. I was so happy I got out of my braces, and then I'm back in a brace today because I decided to fuck up my knee again, riding dick, and yeah. <laughs> and so that was a terrible plan the other day, and it's just hurt worse since. So because uh, I'm too old for this, apparently. Too old for sex, <laughs> or at least for at least to be doing the work doing sex. I'm going to have to make them too off the work from now on. Like, no, yeah, right. no, sorry guys. I don't do that. <laughs> is there, yeah, right. is there a man on the planet that would actually accept that excuse? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I don't think so either. No. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be single forever. Forever and ever. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I think when That's I, a great plan. uh, when I first started the podcast with you, my first episode, I had just broken up with my, psychotic ex-boyfriend um mm-hmm. and that was like a year and a half ago now at least yeah, there's been some roller coaster we kind of tracked through your yeah. your process on that yeah that was a big thing that this podcast did for me was like help me work through uh all those feelings and I really found myself you know like I I had allowed my identity to be just hijacked Mm, right (laughs) and I was I was under this spell of this narcissist it was just crazy you know and I've learned that uh, being empathetic and kind and and letting people in and and loving unconditionally like I tend to do um, attracts some narcissists some users and and, uh, I'm kind of uh, or I'm finally learning how to set healthy boundaries nice. you know and and i feel comfortable in cutting people out of my life and be like all right well then nope like i'm just not gonna deal with you anymore and i used to have this just like crazy incessant need to fix things with people like i just couldn't stand the thought of someone not liking me right or like misinterpreting me because that's usually what it boils down to uh, I fucking hate being misinterpreted, mm-hmm. you know, but some people are going to misinterpret me and that's fine if they don't bother to get to know who I really am um, or are not interested then they're not worth my time either. It's just my time and energy are so precious to me right. and I don't want to share them. Uh, you know, I, it's like the most precious commodity I have. So, um, you know, choosing to where I spend that and, and direct that and not wasting energy fighting for someone who doesn't give a shit about me, right. you know, and is, you know, sick in their own brain and their own way and they have their own shit and, you know. And I mean, sometimes things just aren't a good match. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. I think that's part of 
a disservice that we do with kids and teaching them you have to be friends with everybody. No, you don't. <laughs> don't be mean to people. By all means, don't be mean to people. But you don't have to have everybody like you either. Yeah. It's okay. You know, yeah. relationships are going to ebb and flow and you're not always going to, you know, mesh well with, with everybody. And that's normal and natural. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully we can start teaching kids that now instead and they won't have to be in their 30s figuring it out like we are. I know. <laughs> well, I had no one explain boundaries to me. I, I know. I didn't learn. You know? I didn't learn to set boundaries till I was in my 30s. And, and my it's, mom... It's hard. Yeah. Well, my mom, like, didn't have any boundaries. Like, she was just... I don't know. She was just so free. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of admirable, but also, like, really frustrating. I don't know. Uh, I just, I never learned. I never mm-hmm. learned boundaries, so. Uh, and now I have. So lots of yeah. positive growth. That's yeah, great. Yeah, lots of positive growth. I feel, oh my god, yeah, like, I think about my mental state in July of 2017? 18? 18. It's 2019 now. Was it really just 2018 that I... Oh, my God. It seems like longer ago. I don't know. I guess it seemed, It seems like it was two years ago, but... I think you did break up with him before, but then it was still, like, the aftermath yeah, of trying to put things yeah, back together. May. And him still, like, trying to show up at places. Yeah. And things. It was like May. Because that went on for a, a long time. Yeah. Uh Yeah, it's been almost a year and a half. It just seems forever ago, though. Because I... Because so much... So much has happened in in my mental state, uh, you know, just looking back on how I was just a little over a year ago, was just so different than where I'm at now. It's just so different. Um, Yeah. And and I've had some interesting relationships. uh, And not, like, dating relationships, just relationships with humans. Uh, You know, interesting people come into my life and leave my life and, uh, you know, learning lessons from those that left my life and making the best out of them and, you know, being like, that was, you know, finding the positive in it. Uh, And then the people who are now in my life that weren't before who are probably going to be lifelong friends and have unique relationships with them all and just... It's just so, I don't know. That's great. You know, anytime, and, and it's, I think it's helpful to think about uh, the timeline of things sometimes because, like, we can get discouraged that, you know, change feels so hard and challenging to to make a change in your life, you know, but you can be unhappy and you can just get stuck and you're just like, you know, it seems so far away that if you made some sort of change, anything would be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, here I am just a little over a year and like, I just feel completely different, right? you know? And like, I started working out like a week ago every day and I feel like a million bucks in just one week, you know? Like there's a lot of change that you can do. Um, so much can change in such a short time. Yes, yes, so it should be, you know, something to remember. Uh, Cause I know I have a lot of friends who struggle. I hear people struggling with, you know, being afraid of, of starting uh, down a different path to do something different and stick with something new because they're like, oh, that's not going to work out anyways. That's too far away, you know. 
you gotta just do it. That's me inside my own head right now. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, but I'm still second guessing myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. any any other things for the listeners? Uh, you know, just stay vulnerable, stay strong, um, be kind, um, look for the positive, um, go for it. Life is short. Yes. All those things. Um, <laughs> Love yourself. Love, love yourself. Others. Love, 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 love. Mm-hmm. Don't hate. There's no point. You know, just be good and kind. And I wish everyone the best. Absolutely. Follow us and keep up and keep keep up with us. We'd like to hear from you still. Yes. Right. Au revoir.